Good morning. Welcome to the North Point of View here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, how are you? I'm good. Good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, and although we haven't paid uh, musical rights for this, I got Billy Preston in the background. <laughs> um, Tina Turner passed away yesterday. Just going to say, and this is random, I had a few people that said they didn't believe me, but the first time I saw the Rolling Stones, mm -hmm. Tina Turner was backup singer to Mick Jagger. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. And Billy Preston, mm -hmm. will it go around in circles right now, was the keyboard player. Oh, that's a... And I'm telling you, in terms of concerts, it was one of the first concerts I ever went to, and absolutely one of the best. Uh, four hours of Mick Jagger and Tina Turner and the rest of the crew. Wow. Memphis, Tennessee, July the 4th. Um, Anyway, what a great memory. <laughs> um, circles, circular economy. What a transition, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that for a minute because we, we talked earlier. Um, that's a tipping point. We get, we get this whole renewable thing right. Uh, I mean, you talk mm -hmm. about the impact to uh, our economy. Time to take your meds. No, it's Rick. It's our friend Rick Averson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say blood pressure meds. I'm doing a podcast with Mark. I got to keep my blood pressure down or get it up oh, for some reason. Yeah, and I forgot to take my, my pill yesterday. <laughs> Mark put me to sleep over here. Um, circular economy. Um, what, what are the impacts? Well, I'm going to take one step back. Okay. When I first heard of the circular economy, and this is, I can't remember what day it was, but it's 20 years ago. And they talked about how, you know, we could we need to focus more on recycling things. And, uh, you know, it was... Which was a fad, right? Yeah, it was a fad. And in <laughs> fact, what's really silly is in most cities, uh, all of the garbage goes into a municipal recycling facility. And what they do is they circulate it. You know, they have these big round things. And, and as, they, as, they, they, uh, as they run the garbage around and around, it separates out by weight. And one of the ways that we get plastic for recycling is exactly this process. Yeah. And so um, what I noticed, you know, in New Jersey, they had gave us a blue, blue you know, garbage can and we had a green garbage can. And what I noticed is, you know, one side of the street was, was their blue day and ours was the green day. And the same truck went up the street, picked up all the greens, turned around, and then into the same mix of garbage, all of the blues. And I thought, why am I sorting my garbage? Still the same, man. So I called up <laughs> and I asked them and they said, no, we have the centrifuge. That's the word I was looking for. We have a centrifuge. And we just put it in there and the centrifuge separates it all out. I go, then why am I told to recycle this can and that can? And they go, man, this is a political thing, I guess, because, but that's not how it works here. And, and that makes so much sense. But anyway, so that's when I really started to notice. Well, it does make people feel good that they're doing something, right? Yeah. The fact that nobody looks at things going in the same trash truck at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. So I, I stopped sorting. Although what I do do here in town is at the supermarkets, they'll take the plastic bags back. And if you bring it back, the recycling of those bags, you can almost do 100%. Yeah. But once you've mixed it with garbage, uh, other garbage, you don't get a hundred percent of that plastic back. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I let other people bag my stuff for me. If I bought twenty items, I've got twenty plastic bags. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, push them out the door. 
Yeah, I'm not an extremist, but come on. <laughs> You've got to recycle that stuff. But you said, you gave me a stat this morning that was uh, something along the lines. You, we were talking about Rivian and, and their ability to sort of um, really sort of, you know, maximize and the, and the thought being, you know, really tying into renewable. Oh, yeah. Well, th that's right. So, And that moves the needle. Well, yeah. see, what's changed from 20 years or so ago is we are trying harder to recycle stuff, but products are being designed with the recycling phase after the life cycle is over that there would be some, uh, you know, you would be able to uh, recycle almost 100% of it. And, and I learned that at Rivian. Uh, you know, I was listening to them and they said, we want our product to really be net zero. And that doesn't mean just at the front end, which we're working on to make that better, but also at the back end, that everything can be recycled and you could put it into the next set of cars or something else. But, you know, the batteries, when they get to their half-life, you take them out and then put them someplace where you can capture solar energy and store it in those batteries. And, and so essentially, they're trying to maximize the life cycle of every component and then the 100%, if they can, of everything being recycled. But you have to do that when you design the product. And, and so that's what's changing slowly in the economy. And companies that are learning to do this, uh, you know, like tire companies, I want to mention the company because uh, for some reasons, but basically they shred up the tires. And the shredding of the tires is used in far more materials than just, you know, high school, you know, football fields. Um, and so now they're thinking about the tires. Could we not manufacture them in a way that we could recycle them to a broader set of uses? Right. And so Those that's pieces, what's changed. That, that's, that moves the needle. It does. They're making a lot of money from this. Yeah. And so, you know, I learned this from our friend Rick Abrilson <clears throat> years ago. At Target, I think it was like 20 years ago, he founded with, uh, co-founded with Walmart, the Coalition for Responsible Transportation. Mm -hmm. And one of the, so they started sharing ways to reduce the environmental impact. And so they put spoilers on the trucks, they used nitrogen in the tires instead of oxygen, and kept the tires at the right, you know, uh, uh, you know, pressure longer, better than just using straight air. And then they had rules for the drivers. If you were going to, I'm making this up, I can't remember the exact thing, but I think it was, if you know you're gonna be idling for over a minute, turn the engine off. And they did something phenomenal. They went from like four and a half miles per gallon of diesel to something like six miles per gallon of diesel. The cost savings were enormous. Yeah. And what Rick told me is, is you know, I'm gonna paraphrase him here because People don't understand that being environmentally conscious means reducing waste. And reducing waste reduces costs. And that increases profits. There we go. It's, it works. <clears throat> and so the private sector figured it As out. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to change the name of the company. We had an earlier conversation today. Instead of North Point, it's going to be North Profit. And I like, <laughs> I like the profit going north, right? Exactly. That's a good exactly. one. So, but <clears throat> the whole point is, is that you know, the private sector is learning you know, yeah. that it can be a lot more profitable. It's a win, win, win. Yes, it is. And so I just get surprised at, you know, how, well, I don't want to get into political things, or but, but sometimes I think uh, there is too much pressure from people who, who are not in the industry, environmentalists and from government agencies, 
<clears throat> that are just trying to stop things from being done as opposed to educating companies and others as how to do things better. Yeah. It better in a way that doesn't hurt the environment and you make more money. Yeah, and you know, when you mention some of these things with with Rivian, when I think about sort of the the 20 and 30 year olds that are, mm-hmm. you know, becoming decision makers in these companies and you know, some of the bias that they have in their DNA just to be conscientious about the resources of our planet. Like mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic about the outcome of you know companies like Rivian working together with you know whoever it is to get to a place where we're you know we're moving the needle rather than 10% efficiency with you know renewable materials to a number that's like 40% yeah or 50% I mean, that's a game changer. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> but I've been privileged to have a little glimpse of the future beyond that. Uh, last week, I was in Florida for the uh, Supply Chain Summit. It was in Tampa. A lot of people from the industry were there. But I, I went there. I had to give a talk. But what I really wanted was to listen to the space people. Florida is building up a substantial space industry. Uh, we had a gentleman there from this U.S. Space Force, and then we had the Florida Space uh, Agency, I think it's called. And uh, I'm going to have a follow-up conversation with him. I was very privileged to, uh, to be an advisor to my nephew who's studying at Delft University. He's got a degree, a bachelor's in space engineering, and I was working on his master's. And his senior thesis was f- fabulous. I, I didn't know about this, but there's something called the cislunar orbit. It's that point between the moon and the earth where the gravitational attraction is equal. Mm. So it takes very little energy to, to stay there. Right. Okay. So what happens is you go to the moon and you locate near where the, the, the dark and the light sides are. In the dark side, you're going to find a lot of water, a lot of ice. And on the light side, you get a lot of solar power. And you use the solar power to take the water and split it into hydrogen and oxygen, which is rocket fuel. And then you can cool it down, you know, uh, liquefy it so you've condensed it a lot, and shoot a rocket from there to the cislunar station. Good heavens. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know how to turn the watch off. <laughs> you can take it off and leave it in your briefcase. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I've never not known how to work with the watch. <laughs> so anyways, um, it's very little energy to take that payload off the moon and send it to the cislunar station. Wow, yeah. And the rocket coming from Earth just needs just enough fuel to make it to the cislunar station. It doesn't need to have enough to get there and come back. So it's much cheaper to operate that rocket. And SpaceX now has rockets that are reusable, which eliminated the biggest part of space cost, which was, can you get the rocket to come back and not crash? And, and so we're there. And then there was a lady from Blue Horizon, and she talked about you know, how we would you know, be exploring outer space for resources that, so we didn't have to mine the planet anymore and, and strip the Earth of its cover and, 
and kill tons of trees and all kinds of We need a lithium moon out there, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but this, that's the whole point. Yeah. So a rocket could leave Earth, hit there, get refueled, and completely fueled up. Then it goes chase an asteroid or a comet or something, get real close, and then you know drop the automa automated equipment on it. It does, they do the mining, put the stuff on the rocket, rocket goes to the cislunar station, refuel so that it can make it safely down to Earth. And you have all of this raw material that came from outer space and it doesn't have, and we didn't wreck the planet in getting this stuff. For the first time ever, I don't know how many of these podcasts we've done, I have no idea where we started in this podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up with Pink Floyd on the dark side of the moon. Exactly. <laughs> You're really into the music. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for today. Walter, this, this opens up a whole new sort of area of, of conversation. Hey, enjoy the, lo the long three-day uh, weekend. Thanks. Uh, see you next week. See you next week. See you guys. Thanks.